0: The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek Narrated by Kurt Bonham Chapter 31 Lapushka I escaped the hut, Mount Boaz, and head east. Baba Yaga's sister has promised me a blue rose if I find her cat in some caves in the mountains. Twenty minutes into the ride... I come upon a forest of apple trees and pass apple tree after apple tree after apple tree. Finally, the path leads to a field. A lone apple tree sits in the center, the branches twisted. Below the tree are limbs perfect for a torch, perfect to have heading into a dark cave. I dismount, grab two, and lash them to the saddle, then swing back onto Boaz. Past the edge of the field looms dark mountains. A wind blows. My gut twinges. The wind seems to whisper, The image of a small, dark, enclosed cave sunk into the side of a mountain lays and fades in my head. A sliver of a shiver pricks at the back of my neck, and my vision goes in and out of focus. I inhale deep. The wind dies. I tug Boaz's reins, and we trot to the foot of the mountains. Lapushka, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. This is pointless, I know, since Baba Yaga suggested the cat would be in the cave. But I'm still hopeful I might not need to go into a small dark place. A faded path winds up the incline, beckons me to climb. I nudge Boaz up the path. Babiaga's sister said to follow the closest path highest up the mountain. Lapushka, Lapushka, here, kitty, 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 come on out. Your mama misses you. The path turns steeper. Clomp, clomp, clomp. Boaz struggles to reach a wider, flat space surrounded by four boulders, two man-sized, two bigger still. Boaz's skin glistens with a sheen of sweat. We'll take a break. I dismount, take out Melazine's cup, turn it upside down over my hand. Water pours, fills my palm. Boaz drinks from my hand. I bring the cup to my lips, tilt the cup, and a milky liquid trickles out, goes down smooth. My gut warms, and the heat spreads to my legs, arms, chest, and head. A surge of refreshed energy washes through me. Boaz lifts his head, exhales sharply. I crane my neck to see what's got Boaz riled. I stare at the path that goes higher, and at the bend, a sharp body-sized rock juts out from the mountainside. A gust kicks up dust. A howl. Lepushka? I decide to investigate, hoping Lepushka is close and my first task will be simple. I untie Enzo's sack and the makeshift torches. I open the sack, pull out flint, steel, and torn cloth I can use to wrap the torches. I make sure the silver box with the flask of special liquid Baba Yaga's sister gave me is still in my pocket. I walk the path around the bend and pass the sharp outcropping. The sound of faint meows. Lapushka? No response. I hold tight to the torches. Definitely cat sounds. Lapushka! The path opens to a flat area and a large cave opening sunk into the mountainside, just like my vision. The cave mouth is absent of all light. I slink to the dark entrance. Lapushka! A wave of dread of death rides up my spine. Beads of sweat form across my forehead. My throat and chest tighten. My legs, like two shaky pallbearers not up to the task of carrying their casket, attempt to keep me upright. A voice in my head repeats, Leave. But then is replaced by Baba Yaga's sister's taunts and the thought of my skull fence. Ah! Uh. Every cell, every fiber screams, flee, run, hide. I hated tests in high school. I hate Babiaga's sister's first test. Meow, meow, meow. Then a faint mew, followed by a hideous shriek, and then silence. I secure the cloth around the torch snugly, use flint and steel to light a flame. Why does the cave have to be so dark? I force a swallow. Up my nostrils, old familiar noxious fumes of death and decay waft, daring me to go deeper inside. A sudden knowing. The Wendigo's in there with Lapushka. But where are the haunting red eyes? They should have appeared by now, right? Intense light flashes, forces me to look away. A harsh, throaty, primal growl. My skin crawls. I step back. The light fades. Fear rides the lump that hangs at the back of my throat. I use the flint and steel to set a second torch. I take out the silver box, the special flask with the silver, uncork it. The bottom of the torch is sharp enough to work as a weapon. I spill the liquid silver over the sharp point of the torch. The cold knot in my stomach tightens. Sapphire and New York City are in danger, and this is my one slim chance to get the blue rose. No time for regrets. No do-overs, no take-backs. The boom in my heart lessens. I push back every mental argument and walk deeper. My vision adjusts to the cave's interior light. The red-orange torch flames flicker. Otherworldly shadows and shapes stretch along the walls. I grip one torch tight with one hand and point the sharp silver-coated end of the other toward the cave's deeper interior. I walk, and loose stones underneath my feet shift. Crunch, crunch, crunch. I listen for the wendigo. A low, guttural growl strikes a cold shiver across my shoulders and spine. Whatever made the noise is close. I tread on, squint, wave the torch in front of me. A few feet further, and flame's light lands on a shape seemingly sprawled on its side five feet in front of me. I inch closer. The creature has massive antlers covered in caked blood and desiccated skin, unable to cover all its exposed bones. An exhalation shoots out between my teeth. It's the Wendigo. I only get one shot. I lift the torch to plunge the silver end deep into its back. The Wendigo howls. Deep pain carries in its weakened cry. I lean the lit torch closer to the Wendigo, spot signs of a battle. Blood everywhere, luminous red pools underneath its damaged body. I raise the sharpened torch, ready my final blow. How the heck are you alive? The words spill out. A faint mew floats out of the wendigo. Lapushka? Is the cat under the wendigo? Or inside it? The wendigo pants a hot mixture of putrid meat, rotten eggs, and poo. It's breathing labored. It opens its mouth. Mews weakly. What has happened here? I look around and spot a finely crafted silver blade covered in blood. Wendigo blood. A small black stone is forged into the hilt. Where have I seen that blade and jewel in a hilt before? My gaze is drawn to a glint of a shine at my foot. I pick up a cufflink. In the center... Set in black onyx, is a golden dragon locked in an embrace with a brown and green creature. The Dragon and Nymph Society. A member of the society was here. Did they do this to the Wendigo? Why? I put the cufflink in my pocket. If I ever get back, I'll need to show Rizos. Did Baba Yaga's sister set me up? Did she know about this battle with the dragons and nymphs? Is her cat and the wendigo the same creature? If they are, and this is the animal I need to return to Babiaga's sister, I need to heal the poor beast. I kneel beside the injured wendigo and take out the cup Melazine gave me and tilt Melazine's cup and hold the cup over a wound. I hope this thing works on wendigos. I clear my mind, mimic the angle I remember Melazine held the cup, and the cup warms. Fluorescent, milky-white liquid splashes out, washing every wound I place the cup over. The wounds close, and I rest my hand on the wendigo's warm belly. Pants of pain turn into labored breaths. Harsh breaths lessen, turn into deep breathing. I rub its belly. Then, the belly grows warm and then glows. The light grows, engulfs all of the creature's body. The light floods the cave's interior. The light's too bright. I cover my face, look away. The light fades. Darkness returns. I open my eyes, and the wendigo is gone. In its place, a calico-colored house cat is asleep. There's no trace of the wendigo. I inhale, and the smell of death and decay is no more. The cat stirs. Lapushka, The cat licks my finger and purrs. I tilt Melazine's cup to the cat's mouth. A warm, milky-white substance dribbles out, and Lepushka laps up every drop. Let's get you back to your mom, and I can get the blue rose. Coming up next in The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Chapter 32 Sibylle's Time Crystals.